Hey everyone, welcome to episode 203 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And here we go, another week where everybody is here, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we missed Jeff last week, but he had something that conflicted, and so we we missed having him here. And we're still in familiar territory as we launch episode 7 in our whole life of social distancing and virtual worship and remote call-in podcasts. This is the new norm for now, so stay tuned to the end. you got to go all the way to the end of the podcast, which I know you do. Anyway, we are finally ready to release our special announcement about something new that you don't want to miss. But that's for the end of the episode. All right. This week we were talking about Paul's letter to the Colossians slash never mind the Colossians. How about the Orlandonians? And this week we started with Dr. McDonald, who suggested that coping with stress can be assisted by taking care of ourselves and for our community and thus taking the focus off of self, which will reduce our stress. He went on to reference a series that was done a few years ago. Back then it was the hospital church called 12 Months to Grow, where we examined the classic spiritual disciplines and one that many find most difficult was solitude. And he said the discipline seeks to connect with God alone. Silence and solitude are very much linked. Maybe see this time that we're in now as a prime opportunity to be still before God and wait to use some of this social distancing time to embrace the solitude. That was a great reminder and a challenge for all of us, even for some that may not struggle as much as others in this area. And by the way, the link to that series of messages is in today's show notes in your podcast app or in our mobile app if you want to go back and revisit those spiritual disciplines. Now's probably as good a time as any, maybe a little extra time on your hand. So thanks for that, Andy, though. I really found that that whole beginning of the message, like trying to help us, you know, get right a little bit with ourselves. It's always good to be reminded and offered other choices to stress and worry. So the doctor was in. You just were missing the lab coat was about it. <laughs> so this week in our message, Andy drew similarities in Paul's letter to the city of Colossae, who were thankfully upstream, although bystanding contributors to the lukewarm waters of Laodicea and modern day Orlandonians. And one statement in particular hit home a little harder than maybe expected. Andy said, like us in Orlando, these citizens had heard the gospel, which means good news. And the good news is the truth about God's great kindness towards sinners, or what we call grace. But apparently it just didn't seem like enough. It can't all be Jesus, just a gift to his followers. We have to add something from our hands to the gift of Jesus. Now here you insert a thousand and one ways we've come up with to add to the gift of Jesus. And forget about the Bible stories, but just look at us. Don't go any further back than today. And things we've done, you know, recently as modern day Christians, and the ways are too many to to to, to count. How is it that no matter what time we find ourselves, Andy, as Christians in this world, we are never short of ways that we want to add something to this? I think part of it's an inflated opinion of ourselves. <laughs> um, what we have to offer, we imagine we imagine we have something really amazing to offer, and uh, not sure that quite is true. <laughs> not quite, not quite. Well, I thought this letter from Paul, when you sit down and look at it in this context, it was pretty amazing. And I found it to be, uh, I don't know, maybe more uplifting than I thought it would be. And one part in particular that struck me was, from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you complete knowledge of his will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. So it's pretty clear the importance that he's giving to prayer 
And while we use a local church community, I, I know we pray for each other. We have a Facebook page that's dedicated to our church families, you know, the prayer requests, things happening in their lives. But do we really pray with the kind of enthusiasm that seems to come from Paul's description here in these verses? Whatever Jeff says is right. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Jeff. So it, it is interesting how, as we are social distanced, you know, there is not a lot that anybody can do for each other. In other words, it's not like I can run over to somebody's house and put my arm around them and, and care for them in a physical way. So, in a sense, that you know, that's an interesting thing that prayers become much more meaningful because there's not a whole lot. I mean, the fact that Paul was in prison, it, it, it struck me while Andy was talking and, you know, the, the words that Paul uses meant something different. I think they mean a lot to all of us today as we go through this experience, especially those that are suffering as, you know, that are homesick even, whether it's uh, Corona or not. The fact that there are people literally reaching out and praying and for spiritual understanding. So, yeah, those are real pieces now, much more real than I think that we've noticed before in the past. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's something to that. And I know that it seems a lot like platitudes a lot of times when someone says, oh, you know, I'm praying for you, you know, via maybe social media, maybe not so much text message. I think at least at in that way, you've had probably a lot more personal interactions and conversations, at least in that medium with that person. If you actually have them as a, you know, as a friend that you send text messages to. But I, I feel like it's really hard sometimes to really feel like someone is praying for me. Is there a way that we can, I don't know, harness prayer I don't want to say better, but, you know, is there a way that we can do it and maybe something different that we can do that really helps people to feel the fact that we do feel the importance of it and we want to be praying for them and petitioning God on their behalf? Is there something we can do that we're not doing? I mean, is there a better way that we can help do this, especially in this time, like you said, when it seems like it's even more important than ever? Well, I think it's sort of like, if I say to you, I've got this really great dish you ought to try, but I never give you the recipe or I never bring a taste of it by for you to eat, um, you begin to think that I'm just blowing smoke. <laughs> yeah. So I think I think really part of it is follow up. Um, you know, if you're if you if you're going to pray for someone, then you know to find an opportunity to check on how things went for what they wanted you to pray about, maybe, or send a a note or a card or an email or a text that after the fact that I just want to remind you that, you know, I prayed for you and I'm really hoping things are, you know, whatever, whatever the issue is. But yeah. Yeah. I, I think repeated affirmations that the prayer actually took place and you're anxious to see how, how it comes out. I think too, cause I'd like to underscore that. And Paul does this a lot, by the way, but I think for us today, when you say you're praying for someone, and then you move into the idea of sharing similar, um, maybe not the same type of suffering or the same type of experience, but you share those pieces that help the other person. That you know, like actually, uh, uh, there have been a lot of uh, letters that have come 
cards and letters recently that have come and people talking about different experiences that they've gone through saying they're praying for me and so forth. And, and those prayers are coupled with experiences that are very similar to the experiences that I'm going through at this point uh, with the loss of my mom, of course. But I think those pieces as well help in creating a, a validity maybe to those those prayers. I like that. Not, well, not everybody can experience exactly what you're going through. Right. But I, you know, I think sometimes the sharing of experiences, the sharing of stories, or maybe even sharing the, the um, memories of those things, those, those actually do help. Is there an instance when you can get that part wrong? I mean, I, I ask yeah. because sometimes yeah. I feel like I'm somehow putting my worries or my experience, like, oh, yeah, I'm praying for you. And, oh, by the way, you should hear how bad I had it at one time. Instead of them coming and realizing that I really do have an insight into what they're feeling because I have a similar life experience that I'm trying to portray that, you know, I'm with you. I feel you. I understand what you're going through. And, and at least on some level where it comes across as, oh, well, thanks for allowing me to pray for you. And, you know, maybe now you should feel bad for me. Is there a, a no, way I you... Think you have to be very, very careful of that because everybody's story is unique. And, right. and putting your story beside my story can be helpful or it can be um, diminishing of my story. And you don't want, you don't well, want that to happen. Yeah, yeah, actually, I think it's the opposite. And I must say within these letters and these cards that it's usually prefaced by, I have absolutely no idea how you might be feeling or I, you know, I'm, I don't, I can't imagine what it's like or whatever. Those are usually prefaced uh, before they even get into their, you know, some of the experiences. What I'm saying is what Paul does. And that is he shares, in other words, he, he invites them to share in his suffering and he tries to share in theirs. But he does it in a way that doesn't sound like, oh, you should hear my story, <laughs> yeah. because that can get that can get yeah dicey quick. And I and I, you know, people who, have, I mean, everyone has been so appropriate, in at least with what I've seen. But you're right, you can get into um, trying to console somebody by, you know, comparing stories. And that's just the wrong way to go. Well, and I think that part of it, you know, I the first part of that phrase or in that letter where he says, from the first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you. And it, it doesn't matter the last part, asking God to give you complete knowledge. I mean, it, it does, but at the end, I'm more, I was more impressed or more hit with the fact that from the first day we heard of you, just know we haven't stopped praying for you. This happens all the time. And so maybe then if that's the premise we're working from, and we really are with follow-up like Andy's talking about and with prefacing our comments saying when these times happen like we're in now and people already know you're praying, then they have a lot less reason to maybe question <laughs> how how sincere your prayers are or you know how much you've really been praying for them if they know that you're praying for them all the time. And I wonder how do we entrench that in our culture as a church community so at least as a body, a local body of Christ – if we know that our church family has our back in prayer constantly, that should encourage us and produce more 
more prayer and more love to our community from that, wouldn't it? Yeah. You know, one of the things that while you're, while you're talking, it's just reminding me, and I think Andy's had a lot of these conversations already, is I've gotten more calls from people who are trying to figure out how they can help those. In other words, uh, we've set up some some monies, uh, some funds actually, to where people can contribute to those that are going through some financial struggles right now. And uh, there have been people who said, hey, how can I how can I help? Because I want to be a part of that. That's awesome. Uh, that's very tangible. Yeah. I like that. Well, and I hope that that's something that as we go through this, this is one of the, one of the lessons that maybe we learn, or maybe we're just listening a little more intently because we maybe are just a slight tick less busy or have a few less things on our list to do that. Maybe we're hearing that still small voice a little bit better when you, when the Holy Spirit says, hey, you've got this resource that you can that you can give of and it would really make an impact to someone that I'm going to put in front of you. And I think that's a, that's that's pretty awesome if that's one of the results that come from this. Certainly, yeah. Yeah. Well, my favorite part of the message were these words by Andy that I hope we all take more than just a moment, more than maybe one prayer or more than one time alone with God to reconsider and maybe evaluate for ourselves about us. He said, can you remember when either you or some well-meaning person tried to add the first thing to Jesus and his redeeming work? They weren't malicious, just misinformed. Jesus did all this. And for this to work out right, you have to add this sort of contractual. Jesus fills the empty bucket of our need to the rim and then someone else, or maybe we do it to ourselves, and think it needs a little contribution from us. And here's the best part. And anything we try and add sloshes some of Jesus' great work right out of our bucket. And, I mean, our desire to help Jesus bootstrap our religion, our you know work our way to salvation, however you want to describe it, however way you want to think about it, we've all heard this, you know, talked about a million ways and, you know, the grace and works and but for some reason this analogy of sloshing water out of the bucket really hit home andy i don't know where you got it from and you know we we do moment of inspiration i guess (laughs) well you know we, we do it to ourselves and i
Ooh. And if 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 your if your Christianity is something you're having to lift, there's something wrong with your Christianity. Uh, Christ yeah. Christ lifts us. He he's the wind in the sails. Uh, you know he, he's the, he's what what makes things happen. Ouch! If you're Christian, if you have to lift, oof, yikes! That hurts a little. <laughs> <laughs> and the part of that, the part of that that makes it even more devastating is that the mo- it's not just that when you add, you actually diminish Christ, but you're actually keeping people, others from being able to see him more clearly hmm. or to join him more clearly in his grace. The more we add, the less we are giving other people who he is. Ooh, now see, I, I hadn't yeah. thought of it that way, but I like that because we often attribute don't trip up your your brother or your neighbor by something that you do. But we would never, I have never heard anyone say that, you know, if you're going to add to your salvation or you're going to add to the bucket, that that is somehow showing somebody a lesser Jesus. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 I like that. all tied together. Man. Andy, as soon as you had, you mentioned that part about, you know, when was the first time and I was baptized super young. I think I was eight, maybe nine. I'd have to go back. I think my mom has a scrapbook somewhere with it. Um, and I was in grade school and it was, I don't know, it was the thing to do. All your friends were doing it. And so, yeah, I mean, who doesn't, <laughs> who wants to be left out and who wants to be known as the kid that doesn't love Jesus when you go to a church school? So, <laughs> you know, yeah, of course I'm going to get baptized. But it wasn't until, honestly, that I was so far away from God, and I came to church once a month. I ran AV on the you know, big old board with the tubes in it. You know, way back in the day, he had one giant dial from zero to 100 for that speaker to really be heard, just in case he was low. And the person that I used to see at church on those once-a-month weekends was Heather. And, of course, we weren't we weren't dating. I mean, we just knew each other in passing. But she was always always kind. She would always seek me out, give me a hug, ask me how I was doing, which was never good. But of course, I, you know, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. But it always amazed me how kind she was and how much she was open to talking about, you know, church and Jesus and that she was always at church by herself. Um, you know, we're creatures of habit sitting in the same spot with her Bible. And I thought to me, it just, it just amazed me. Like who comes to church when they don't have to? And, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like, oh, married couples, you expect it families, right? Well, you got to go. Cause you got to, you know, you got to take the kids to Sabbath school, right? So someone's got to go, but like single people who gets up at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning to go to church. Who's getting up at this time, right? <laughs> and so in that moment when we connected and we started talking and she started sharing her love of Jesus and it renewed in me that love for myself of Jesus, it was a very airy and just a very amazing time. So I, I agree with you, Andy. I, I think people need to go back and and think about those times and renew themselves in that because at that moment, you don't have any of the other baggage. Even though I had been saddled with that baggage early on as a youngster and all through my life, at that moment and for probably a month or two or more, I don't remember, it just seemed like this was really good. Reading your Bible was fun. Learning about Jesus was fun. Praying was fun. And it, there wasn't all this weight. <laughs> There's something about that. And so you're saying that we can still enjoy that same kind. We should still be able to. And if we're not, maybe we need to reevaluate how we're doing things. Yeah, it may, it may not be – well, I can say it not maybe. 
it, it is not Jesus problem yeah <laughs> that's a not maybe people that's a not maybe <laughs> it's definitely not jesus's fault well what's the best advice i mean we've talked about maybe how to pray in earnest and i, I love the follow-up part of it i love to if i tell someone i'm going to pray for them whether it's in text or social media unless i'm driving down the street and even if i do that i may just pray out loud with my eyes open driving because I feel like if I tell someone I'm going to pray for them, if I don't do it at that moment, I totally forget. And then I'm like, oh, I'm such a bad I'm, I'm a bad friend. I'm a bad represent. I'm a bad representative of Jesus. I'm just a bad Christian. I said I was going to and I didn't. And now it seems like it's too late, even though I don't think it's ever too late. <laughs> but I think in, in all this, Paul gives us this advice that, you know, the, anyone that's a little weary – and maybe just a little downtrodden through all this, Paul talks about to know God's will, we'll have endurance, patience, and be filled with joy. That all sounds pretty good right now. What's our best advice to leave people with that are looking for that right now? I think that coming back into contact with the concrete reality of Christ's reconciliation and his, his work on our behalf, mm. and really having that in us, uh, prepares us to be a, a, a connector with others. Without that, we're we're not going to be connecting. With, we're not going to be assisting in the right direction. I don't think. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's what you asked or not. But no, absolutely. That's where I went. <laughs> no, I, I just think that it's sometimes it's just so hard to get over the hump when everything seems lengthy and doom and gloom. Go ahead, Jeff. Yeah. I think there's a side of all, and it, it, you know, right now, and Andy mentioned it in the beginning. The part about uh, solitude and finding that space should help us all get to the point where we realize how much we actually have so that we can be generous. I think one of the pieces that tends to happen in these kind of situations is we tend to huddle in, hunker down, and and, and, you know, kind of start making lists of all the things that we own and, and we start being protectionary. And maybe at this point, it's the best time for us to, you know, rise up out of our solitude and become generous and merciful. And I think that's a piece that could actually, you know, bring a sense of when we reconnect again, maybe a sense of this was meaningful for that reason. I became a more generous person or I became a more thoughtful, a more merciful person. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Really good. I like that. I like that. All right. Well, we've gone a little bit longer than normal, but hey, we've all got time to listen. So a couple extra minutes (laughs) and that's nothing (laughs) out of the ordinary. But this week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, whole life church's mission is loving people into a lifelong friendship with God. What is the evidence that we are doing it, meaning as a church? How do we know we're doing it? And you may guess where I'm going to go here before I get there, but I feel like the podcast is an easy way to share the love of God and the good news and engaging people in Christ in a meaningful way from the comfort of the listener's choosing and to allow the Holy Spirit to work on what he or she or it will into the lives of the person that's listening. But I'm wondering if there are subtle ways in which our mission is being accomplished that maybe aren't so obvious or maybe they're more easily overlooked under the radar. So what evidence do you see that we have or in fact engaged to complete our mission here at the Whole Life Church? So send us a voicemail or text 407-965-1607 or send it in an email to podcast at wholelife.church. 
And a quick thanks to Doug Spinella, who texted me this week on that number and he sent test Randy. And I'm thinking, so I said, okay, who's this? He said, it's Doug Spinella. (laughs) And he had some very kind words for the podcast. So Doug, it's always good to hear from people. It's always good to get a little feedback and let us know that you're enjoying the show and the podcast. And so thank you for that. Our final thoughts from this week's message came in the closing paragraphs. And Andy said, because Jesus, the son purchased our freedom, our redemption and forgave our sins. In Jesus, God fulfilled the bucket needed to please him. You can't add without subtracting, sloshing out some Jesus. God's mercy never fails, and he will strengthen you with all endurance, patience, and fill you with joy because he is good. I like that part. He does all this, and why? Because he is good. That's awesome. So what uh, what are we doing this week, Andy? What's up in our this is This is probably one of the finest passages in all of scripture of Colossians chapter one, verses 15 through 23 is just a phenomenal doxology uplifting Christ and his preeminent work. And I think we're going to have some time with as we, as we look at it in relationships to our lives today. So I'm excited about this week. Don't miss it. (laughs) Excellent. Usually Andy, you know, you don't hear him with quite that much fervor in his pitch for what's upcoming this week. So I think you shouldn't actually miss it. And then, as promised early on, we will be launching a new podcast. So many of you, through text, emails, uh, one of you actually met me at Wakaiva State Park on a trail in the middle of nowhere, and your first question to me was, Randy, how in the world do we not have Andy and whoever's preaching for the week, how do we not have their messages on a podcast? (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, gee, I I don't know. Why don't we? So since the question started to come in, And so we've worked out a system to make that work. And so hopefully starting in two weeks, uh, every Tuesday in the evening, probably anywhere between 5 to 8 p.m. will be the target for that being released. And then on Wednesday, we'll be here as normal. So a new podcast, you'll be able to take the message with you wherever and whenever you go out. You'll have it mobily on your devices just like normal. So that's the big announcement. And we'll be looking forward to making that happen. So. Uh, Next week, we'll be back. It's going to be an important episode, as you've already heard. It'll be number 204. So in the meantime, wash your hands, earn your social distancing honor. Is that a thing? Maybe we can talk to the Pathfinder World (laughs) Hardcatters. I mean, shouldn't there be one now? If ever there was an honor we needed to do this one, we should be getting credit for this is all I'm saying. Anyway, let God fill you with joy this week. Thanks for listening and have a great week. Thanks, Randy. All right, thanks. A social guys. distancing honor. <laughs> I think we should. I mean, there, I don't know what the patch would look like, but I just feel like it probably should be there. Maybe in the colors of the CDC or the WHO, or I, I don't know, white and blue. <laughs> Maybe that's what we need. But either way, but it can't be too close to the other honors. Yeah, <laughs> you need a set. Oh, maybe it could have its own sash. It has to have its own sash. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. All right. <laughs>